Danny, what would have been your last words to Drew? So I know the answer to this. <laughs> <laughs> run, bitch, run. <laughs> I love it, man. All right. So with that, we're the Fried Squirms. We're going to get stoned and talk about horror movies or comedies. A little bit of both. Spoofs. <laughs> this week, we're going to finally talk about Scary Movie because we talk about scary movies every week and hadn't done this yet for fun. Yeah, coincidentally enough, it is scary movie. <laughs> right? You know what? Before we do that, let's get a little bit stoned, get to our green hits. You told me once, I already smoked half of it. What am I about to relight? Oh, no worries. So this week brought over Magic Melon, which is a slightly sativa-dominant hybrid strain, 60-40% split on that. And it is created through crossing the infamous mango trees with honeydew melon and mango sherbet strain. So the THC range is somewhere between 15 and 25%. This one, I think, is somewhere in the 20s. Picked it up at Greener Pastures. They're pretty good about keeping those numbers somewhere in the 20s. It does have a CBD percentage of about 2%. So this one actually does register a little bit there. So some of the effects... It's going to be a little cerebral, you'll feel energized, a little euphoric, you'll get giggly, tingly, and you'll feel uplifted. And the flavors, you'll have a little bit of a berry, fruit, sour, sweet, and tropical, and diesel, sour, sweet, and tropical aromas. It's delicious so far. Like I said, I've already smoked half <laughs> oh, of it. Yeah. I brought you some sugar cookies today. However, as I went to look up info about its genetics... The only one that I'm seeing with, like, a good layout of its genetics, I'm pretty positive is not the <laughs> same sugar cookie that we're smoking. That's okay. Because I'm pretty sure that the one that flour does is bred with GSC to get the cookies from there. Makes sense. I think it might be Gala with GSC, although I know GSC is part of Gala, so maybe huh. not. Yeah. So I actually don't know. That's okay. I know that it's clocking in around 25%. I know I'm stoned right now. Yeah. <laughs> but maybe I'll just pay more attention next time I'm in there. <laughs> but with that, I guess we're going to get into the guts and bolts of Scary Movie. Guts and bolts. All right, guts and bolts, Scary Movie. Who and what went into the making of this flick? I'll start off with a spoiler-free setup. I mean, it's a spoof movie. <laughs> So, spoiler-free is still, like, literally take Scream and I Know What You Did Last Summer and just turn every other second into a joke, and that's your setup for this movie. Oh, mash them together and then turn every other second into a joke. That's basically what you're going to get, yeah. That's your spoiler-free setup for this movie. Nice. Plus a couple other references to things that were going on in this time period, like yeah, I, like there's Matrix we'll reference. Yeah. That's not a horror movie. But. There's certain people they spoof to, or at least mm -hmm. you know make fun of and stuff. But of course, we'll get to all that fun stuff when it happens. One of them's a hell of a callback from way before when this flick was made. Damn. But. Yeah, it's interesting, man. But I think for those who are around during that time period, they'll know. That's right. All right, so so who do we got in this? Who made it? Oh, yeah. So, of course, from week to week, we do like to talk about the people going into the film as far as the people who help make it and the actors and actresses in front of the uh, screen. So this week, our director, which I'm actually so excited we're finally getting to talk about this whole family, not the entire family, but a good chunk of them. But this was directed by Keenan Ivory Waynes, and I do go back a bit with the Waynes family. 
because I was a fan of In Living Color. I was alive mm-hmm. back then when it actually aired. So that was kind of my first introduction into them. And then later on, you know, such films as I'm going to get you, sucker, and Don't Be a Menace to South Central while drinking your juice in the hood. He even had his own show back in the day, Keenan Ivory Wayne Show. Of course, he's directed the follow-up to Scary Movie with Scary Movie 2, directed White Chicks, Little Man, Dance Flick, The Last OG. So he's known for, like I said, directing, writing, producing, and he's an actor. He's been in a ton of stuff. I like him a lot. All right, and then moving forward from Mr. Ivory Waynes, we do have a couple of different writers on this project. Two of them are Waynes brothers. They actually had their own TV show, which I'll get into a little bit later on. But Sean and Marlon Waynes did help write this, along with Buddy Johnson, Phil Bowman. And we have a writing team of Jason. Mm. I don't know if it's Friedberg or Friedberg. And Aaron Seltzer. Yeah. So so the drawback to this movie is it. Gave those guys a career. I know. What's interesting <laughs> is some of the films that they're responsible for as far as like writing, directing, are Spy Hard, Date Movie, Disaster Movie, and Vampire right. Suck. Amongst Spy others. Hard, I'll stand behind. The others. They did like, what was it? Meet the Spartans, Best Night Ever, Super Fast. So they did decent, it looks like, at the box office when you compare some of the budgets. Some not so much, but for the vast majority, decent. So there's that. <laughs> I suppose. All right. The cinematographer on this is Francis Kenny. And once again, guy's got some really interesting film credits to his name. He did a lot of documentaries. I do know that. He's also done stuff like, I don't know, have you ever seen a film called Coneheads? Oh, Maybe shit. you've seen New Jack City. Oh. Maybe you have seen such things as like House Party 2, Class Act, Wayne's World 2, Harriet the Spy. Kingdom Come, How High. So, so like, far, I've seen them all. <laughs> yeah. yeah, just a ton of stuff. Even Justified, the television series, too. So got his hands on all kinds of neat projects. All right. The editor on this was Mark Helfrich. And Mark, once again, the guy's got some really interesting credits to his name. You go back a bit. He helped on Rambo, First Blood Part Two, 1987's Predator. He helped with uh, Action Jackson, if you've ever seen that. 1991, Stone Cold and The Last Boy Scout. He's also responsible for Showgirls, if you've ever seen that. Yeah, Rush Hour, Rush Hour 2, Red Dragon. Dragon. Yeah, dude. X-Men, The Last Stand, Rush Hour 3. So more recently, Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle, along with like R.I.P.D., Movie 43. Tons of stuff, man. All right, music was composed by David Cate. Another gentleman's got some really cool projects to his name as well. Probably the first film. I wouldn't have known him, of course, his music or anything like that, but it would have been Look Who's Talking back in 1989. It was a crazy. Yeah. And then the follow-up, Look Who's Talking 2. I watched those movies a shit ton when I was I little. did, too. Oh, a lot on VHS. I wore those fucking All things out. All three of out. them. They were fun. Even though the third one sucks. Right. But that might have been my first introduction to uh, Elias Cateus. I think mm. that's his last name. Who was it? Casey Jones? Yeah, Casey Jones. What and, the fuck? Yeah, yeah and then... John Travolta, Kirstie Alley. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some fun stuff. But listen to this. Problem Child Part 2. Okay. Highway to Hell. That's a wild movie. Surf Ninjas. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure I saw Surf Ninjas in the theater. I know I've brought this film up a couple of different times, but a good stoner comedy from 1994, The Stoned Age. It's okay. actually pretty good. Clueless, Can't Hardly Wait, A Night at the Roxbury. Yeah, I love Dude, Where's My Car. I love Can't Hardly Wait. I love A Night at the Roxbury. Uh, Tomcats, Ghost World. From there, Bad Dude, Where's My Car. Dude, Jeez. Bad Santa. Harold and Camargo to White Castle. 
the ice harvest that's actually really cool date movie uh. <laughs> they can't all be winners yeah camp rock oh yeah like home alone the holiday heist they all can't be winners but up to that point some pretty dope ass films you help score for all right, this was produced by Eric L. Gold and Lee R. Mays. Production companies on this were Wayne Brothers Entertainment, Gold Miller Productions, and Brad Gray Pictures. Distributed by Dimension Films. Released on July 7th, 2000. The budget was an estimated $19 million. Box office, you see in this? Do you remember back when Jesus. Jesse did that thing where guess how much the fucking films we've done have raked in? Like, this is another one of those ones that just throws it It's going to throw off. it way off. Because you're right, man. I, uh, it's crazy thinking that. Like, how many billions of dollars yeah. of these films have raked in collectively? So $19 million budget. Wow. Box office, $278 million. Jesus. Man, made all the money. There was a reason why there was a follow-up. Mm-hmm. So with that being said... <laughs> You're going to give the tagline, yeah, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. So the tagline is no mercy, no shame, no sequel. <laughs> you know the tagline for number two? We lied. We lied? <laughs> That's so funny. I'm not going to lie, this is dumb, but I kind of love that this happened. It was released in Italy with a subtitle. I think I heard about that, yeah. A scary movie. Without fear, without shame, without brains. <laughs> That's pretty funny. But that wasn't a tagline. That was the subtitle. That is funny, man. Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> but it feels really weird saying scary movie this much, by the way, because it feels like we're just talking generically about what right. we talk about. A spooky movie. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> but no, we're still referencing the 2000 yeah. comedy spoof. Scary movie. We love it. All right. Uh, who? Oh, good God. Actors, actresses, give so me a star-making role. All right, starting off with Anna Ferris, right? If we're going to do this, well, I'm trying to do it without, like, getting way into a lot of the credits. When I think of Anna Ferris, this film jumped to mind, of course, but then she did, like, Hot Chick, the movie May, which I brought up before because of Angela Bettis mm. in Lucky McKee, which is really cool. She was in Lost in Translation, Brokeback Mountain, Just Friends, My Super Ex-Girlfriend. I need to rewatch this I mean, film, Smiley Face. I mean, past this movie, like, I've seen those other movies, but I yeah. think the next thing I think of her in is, like, House Bunny. Yeah. Which is eight years later? Like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, I know it, right? She has been in some television, too. Let's see. I think it's just a show called Mom where she was in 152 episodes as Christy Plunkett. Like I said, my brother used to watch it, so that's how I'll remember that. Mrs. I mean, she's been in a lot of great shit. I'm not trying to sell, sell No, 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 short, she's been in a like... ton of stuff. I mean, people, oh, you know another movie, man? I need to mention that she's actually in is... Uh, movie 43? Observe and Report. <laughs> no, she was in Observe and Report. That shit was funny with Seth Rogen. That movie is fucking wild. Observe and Report, one of the first times me and a friend actually bought a bag of weed in this town. Oh, no shit. We went and fucking smoked it in my car and then went and watched. That movie's so wild. Report. It's so wild. And so, like, I wasn't used to smoking all the time then either, so I was stoned as a motherfucker <laughs> watching that movie. Hell yeah, dude. That's what I'm talking about. All right, moving forward. A guy I know we brought up because of a film we reviewed not too long ago, and that was when we reviewed The Faculty, Right. So right. he was like uh, one of the background characters, but he did pop up a few times in that as the boyfriend of girlfriend. Mm -hmm. And that was, who would you say was Joaquin and River Phoenix's sister? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that was like, man, that's kind of weird. That's the first time we're talking about him. But he's been in some really cool films. Like, well, it's funny because they have that weird little through line in the movie where, like like you said, like he's being credited as boyfriend of girl in the faculty. Yeah. But, like, that's actually a character. Exactly. Like, you notice, very, very noticeably yeah. notice them. It's not like just a one-off. Exactly. It's a refrain. Mm-hmm. It makes sense. Dude, he was in Kids. That's fucked up. I know exactly who was in Kids, too. I know exactly where he was at. He was in Dead Man Walking, which is really awesome. A film I know I've brought up before, but, dude, Outside Providence is a really good film. Mm. Really enjoy that film. He's in Boiler Room, Meet the Parents, uh, My Boss's Daughter, He's been on a ton of stuff, man. Clover from last year, We Are Friends, stuff like that. So he's still making uh, his rounds, which is really cool. All right. I have Marlon Wayans, dude. I love Marlon. And he plays a role of Shorty Meeks. I should mention, too, John Abrahams played the role of Bobby Prince, oh, which yeah. is funny. And on affairs is Cindy Campbell. But Marlon Wayans as Shorty Meeks has some really quotable lines. But if anybody needs to know, once again, the Wayans brothers... Scary Movie 2, White Chicks, Little Man, Dance Flick. Also one that really surprised me, he did really well in, was Requiem for a Dream. Oh, yeah. Dude, G.I. Joe, Rise of the Cobra, The Heat, A Haunted House, a couple of those sequels, Fifty Shades of Black. Dude, I love Marlon Wayans. All right, and moving forward, we have Dave Sheridan. Dude, <laughs> I love Dave Sheridan. I told you, I think it was last week. Yeah. He was on an MTV show that was kind of a precursor to a lot of prank shows and stuff. Mm-hmm. It came out in like the late 90s, whatever. I remember it briefly because it's called Buzzkill. So he did various skits with that. Then he went on to do such things as Corky Romano, Bubble Boy, Ghost World. Dude, this film has flown under the radar too often, but I recommend it. And that's Frank McCluskey CI. The movie's goofy as shit. Yeah. Funny as hell. I really like that one a lot. The Devil's Rejects, we have talked about him on that because he's like a deputy in that. Yeah, he's Officer Ray Dobson. Dude, so good. Little Man, let's see, more recently he's been in such things as Victor Crowley, which is a part of the Hatchet series. Fifty Shades of Black, he was in those Haunted House films and Beyond White Space. Hmm. Moving forward, we have Regina Hall as Brenda Meeks. And Regina, once again, she's been in a lot of cool stuff. She's in this franchise, of course. She's also been in such things as Allie McBeal, Law and Order L.A., Grandfathered, Black Monday. She was in Think Like a Man, About Last Night, Vacation, Girls Trip, The Hate You Give, and Little. So she's been in a lot of stuff, man. I like a lot of her comedic timing. She's good, dude. Mm-hmm. All right, we have Sean Waynes, another one of the Waynes brothers. And once again, I remember Sean all the way back. He was actually, I think, a DJ, if I'm not mistaken, on In Living Color before he actually got into some of the skits. Uh, DJ SW1. Dude. It's like, I remember that. <laughs> That's crazy. All right. Just a few things of note from him. He was also in Don't Be a Menace. He was in the follow-up to Scary Movie with Scary Movie 2, White Chicks. Ashtray. Dude. Little Man, Dance <laughs> Flick. I like Sean as well. So moving forward, we have Shannon Elizabeth plays a role of Buffy Gilmore. I should say Sean plays a role of Ray Wilkins. Yeah, Ray. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Shannon. First time I remember seeing Shannon Elizabeth on the big screen, American, American Pie. Pie. See pretty much all of her. And then such films as Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Love I can't tell you how many times I've seen that fucking movie. Right. Jack Frost, 13, 13 Ghosts, Ghosts, which is awesome. Cursed. And not the film that we review, but the 
I don't want to say it's a remake. I think it's more of like a reimagining of Night of the Demons, which oh. is really cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She was also in like Love Actually, Catch a Christmas Star, things of that nature. She's been in a ton of stuff, man. Well, and she reprises her role as Justice in Jane Bob Reboot. Justice isn't dead. <laughs> so moving on from Shannon, we have Lachlan Monroe, another guy we've talked about before, which is really cool. But he plays uh, the role of Gray Cox in this. And uh, Bullshit, he's always going to be Cliff to me. I <laughs> know. We were just talking about that, man. Dead Man on Campus. He's always going to be Cliff O'Malley. Dude. My name is Cliff, brother of Joe. I got me some crack, How but awesome I want that, me man? some hoes. What what an idiot, but I love him, man. Yeah, so a few other things of note. He Unforgiven? Was, yeah, dude. That's bought. Texas Slim. Damn. He was in Trancers, which is a part of those full moon feature films. Mm. I do know that much. Not at the Roxbury. He was in Screwed, Dracula 2000. We have to watch Dracula 2000 at some point because... I remember it being real bad. <laughs> yeah, I know it gets panned a bunch. I still remember the twist to it, too. I'm not going to talk I've about it right it. now, yeah. but... I don't think I've ever seen it, but I'm familiar. Just a few other things of note. He was in Freddy vs. Jason from uh, 2003. I do remember him as Agent Jake Harper in White, White Chicks. Chicks. Yeah. yeah. He was in The Bench Warmers. He was in The Tooth Fairy, Deck the Halls, Daddy Day Camp. Let's see, a little bit more recently, because he's, he's been in a ton of shit. He's been in Sniper Assassin's End and Spiral, not uh, not not Chris Rock Spiral. No, no, no. This is a different Spiral. Because <laughs> it's like, hold on, wait a minute. No, we would have noticed him in Spiral. Oh yeah, you mentioned too that he's in Peacemaker. I'm looking so forward to that. That's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, Riverdale as well. Remember you mentioned mm-hmm. that is that was really cool. He's been in a couple episodes of Lucifer, so it's good to see him still getting some work, man. All right, moving forward. Oh, man, I'm glad she's in this. Is Sherry O'Terry as Gail Hailstorm? I know she's SNL. kind of a, a decently big part of this movie. Yeah. I had completely forgot she was in this fucking movie. As soon as she popped up on screen, I was like, shit, Sherry O'Terry. The reason I remember is because of Dave Sheridan's character, Doofy, which mm-hmm. I don't think I mentioned his character, but it's Doofy Gilmore. But yeah, I was like, oh, yes, Sherry is in this. But like I said, I always think of her because, you know, she was on SNL for so long. She did all those skits with Will Ferrell. Yeah. You know, you can't help but think of that. Here's some interesting things. Just a couple of films of note from her. She was in Dumb and Dumberer when Harry met Lloyd. The movie's goofy as shit, but she does a good job in that. She was also in such things as Southland Tales. She had a voice as a sleeping beauty and actress in Shrek the Third. You might have seen her in Bad Parents, Growing Up Part Two. Oh my God, I never realized she was the voice of the telephone operator in Small Soldiers. And now that I just now read that, like a giant piece of my childhood just clicked. Like, like oh. dude, I watched the shit out of Small Soldiers. That's awesome, man. I remember the film. I think I was a little bit past its demographic back then, but I do remember it. Yeah, and she's still doing a bunch of television stuff too, man. She's on Craig of the Creek, where she voices Gloria. So, like I said, she's doing some cool stuff, man. All right, moving forward, we have Kurt Fuller as Sheriff Burke. Just a few things of note for him. Another pff, another funny-ass guy. I know. Wayne's World, hello. He was yeah. in Supernatural, Psych, No Holds Barred. That's a fucking... <laughs> well, dude, this is this one is of those... I mean, Kurt Fuller is one of those character actors that, like, oh, man, for the time period we were growing up, like, every other fucking God, show. Did you dude. scroll through his television credits? Uh, yeah, this is ridiculous. Like, are you still scrolling because of how many there are? Like... Dude, 
Yeah, you're right. When you you nailed it when you said character actor because that's literally what he is. He's even lent his voice to all real monsters, dude. Yeah, I mean, that's almost true. all of these things he was like almost at most in yeah. only a season of. You know what I mean? Still but like, so much shit look that all we these used to shows. Yeah. If you've ever watched a TV show, he's probably in it. <laughs> <laughs> but the things that kind of blow my mind, just looking at his film credits, he was in Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. He was mm. in Ghostbusters Part 2. Yeah, I've already mentioned Wayne's World, which is really cool. He was in Stewart Saves His Family, if you've ever seen that. The Fan, Pushing Tin. Oh, Calendar Girl. Dude, Anger Management's good. The Pursuit of Happiness, really cool. Let's see here. Just more recently film credits, um, Office Uprising and Accidental Love. Yeah, I'm not too familiar with those. Midnight in Paris, I actually have seen. <laughs> All right, moving forward, Carmen Electra as Drew Decker. Carmen Electra, automatically think Playboy, can't help it. Yeah. Sorry, time period I grew up in. Baywatch. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah, she was also. Host of Singled Out. Yeah, I was going to say, she was the right after Jenny McCarthy, Mm -hmm. which is really cool. Yeah, she was a date movie, epic movie, all those fucking. I don't think I saw Singled Out until it was Carmen Electra. I don't know. I remember when it was Hardwick Mm. and Jenny. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that might have been the first time I'd seen Chris Hardwick, too, now that I think about it. Well, because, yeah, because thinking about it, I don't know if any of my friends that I hung out with on a regular basis got. MTV until the switch had already happened. Gotcha. Damn, showing our ages. Yeah. <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah. She was also in such things as Get Over It, Starsky and Hutch, Cheaper by the Dozen Two, Hot Tamale. Pretty much um yeah, all yeah. of those Friedberg Seltzer or whatever like, his name is. Yeah, I just like saw all those, like, yeah, she's pretty much been on all those. We have Rick DeComen as Neil Campbell, who is the father of Cindy Campbell, Anna Ferris's character in this film. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. This dude, man. This fucking guy is awesome. Here's a couple of things of note from him. Now, I do remember him because he was Tom Hanks's neighbor, Art Weingartner, in The Burbs from 89. He was also the villainous monster Snick in the Fred Savage fantasy Little Monsters, which is like, what? He was also a barfly in the Bill Murray comedy Groundhog Day and Henry the Chauffeur in Blank Check. Now, he's also been to such things as like The Hunt for Red October, Gremlins Part 2, The New Batch. He was in Spaceballs, Die Hard, The Last Boy Scout, Encino Man, Lacks Action Hero, Jury Duty. Dude, just tons and tons and tons of film. Yeah, unfortunately, I did see he passed back in 2015. Funny Canadian, do have to mention that as well, which I think this is kind of a joint Canadian production too, mm-hmm. which is really cool. All right, <laughs> we have Jane Tricka. I don't know if it's Trika, Trika, as Miss Man. <laughs> People are going to know her because of her bodybuilding yeah. accolades. She's been in a few things of note, like she was in the Drew Carey show as herself. Whose line is it anyway? Tim and Eric Awesome show, great job. Oh, yeah, and she was also in a Lady Gaga music video, Telephone. Oh, oh shit. Yeah, she was. That's funny. Yeah, dude. There's a few other people of note we have. Kelly Caulfield Park, she plays the teacher, which is just a brief, but I know why she's in this. Because she was in Living Color. Yes. And a few other things of note, she was also in Field of Dreams, Quiz Show, Jerry Maguire. She was in The Specials, Undercover Brother 2. She says she made some guest appearances on My Wife and Kids, which is Damon Wayne's. Okay. Makes sense. And The Jamie Foxx Show. So that was really cool that she was in here because a lot of people probably wouldn't recognize her if you're not familiar with some of those shows we've already mentioned mm-hmm. we have david l lander as principal squiggy squigman now this is another throwback guy because damn i remember him this is how many age all right like 
talking about some of these people showing our age because this movie came out 21 years ago. Yeah. But like, show our parents' age. <laughs> he was an addition where like none of our peers knew who the fuck he was for the most part. You know what I mean? It's crazy. When man. we watched this shit in the theaters. Yeah. But the reason I remember him, not necessarily because he was on Happy Days, because he was, mm-hmm. but because of his role in Laverne and Shirley. My grandma and I used to watch that when I was a kid. I do remember that. He was in Rhoda. Some people probably remember that television series. This is for the older folk. But one other one of those character actors, look at his laundry list of TV appearances. Good yeah. night, dude. But film credits, he was in Used Cars, which is actually a really good film. He did the voice of a smartass in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. He was also in A League of Their Own as a radio sportscaster, even though he went uncredited. It was really cool. Yeah, a lot of voice acting, apparently, like for A Bug's Life, Tom and Jerry the Movie. He voiced the bird in Dr. Doolittle Part 2. Says he was Chip in Green Lantern, First Flight. He voiced that. So some really cool stuff, man. But I did see he passed away due to his complications with MS. Actually, last December. Oh, damn. Yeah, so it's unfortunate. But, yeah, I mean, outside of some of these other people, which they just kind of play small parts. Well, actually, I wanted to point out the girl that gets killed in the garage, Marissa Jarrett Winokur, is a Tony winner. That's crazy. She won a Tony for Hairspray, if I remember right. Ah, that's pretty awesome. Man. Good on her, dude. <laughs> yeah, I was, like, I was just looking at some of her credits. She was in Curb Your Enthusiasm, Moesha, The Steve Harvey Show, Just Shoot Me, Felicity, and Darwin Craig. So some pretty cool shit. Mm-hmm. Nice, man. Oh, yeah, I was going to mention, too. Like, I might save it for the next section because yeah. there is a cameo. I'm going to save it. But there is a cameo I'm really happy about. But that pretty much does round out our cast and crew. You did give us a brief setup of what this film entails. Warnings is a comedy. <laughs> I mean, it's a raunchy late nineties, oh, yeah. early two thousand. There's gonna be some a lot of non PC okay, so, stuff. So it's a spoof of horror movies, but <laughs> it's done with all the attitude of a late nineties, early two thousand sex comedy. Absolutely. Yeah, the jokes right on that mark. So if you're thinking like American <laughs> Pie, except more so because it's a spoof, so there's more jokes thrown in, and they're all of that style, but with what was okay during the late 90s socially for people to say at times. Yeah, I'm guilty of all that. <laughs> yep. You might be ready for scary movie. Also, there's nudity. Yeah, and some fluids. Yeah. Which, even though we pointed out all the fucking energy of a sex comedy. Exactly. There isn't always nudity in sex comedies. Especially not dicks. There's full frontal. <laughs> you're gonna see a dick. You're gonna you're gonna see a couple dicks. Yeah, you're gonna um, see some dinks. Although one is pretty obviously fake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. But regardless, some dinks. Dicks aside, I think it's uh, time for us to talk about how a scary movie made a squeal. How does that make you squeal? All right, so I'm not gonna lie. This is a curious one. I'm, like, I'm curious of what we're actually going to end up saying, because we've done comedies in the past. You don't want to just sit here and explain every fucking joke. Oh, no. I, I know but I know we're going to come up with something to say. We both have shit written down, so. Yeah, I mean, this was arguably one of the shortest note-takings I've ever had to do, because you're not really, I mean, there is a story, of course, there's a plot, but it's mostly just joke derivative, you know? Yeah. That's kind of the whole point. I mean, we mentioned it both a little bit, but I think mostly off air. What would be your history with Scary Movie? Oh, though? dude. So the time period it came out in, I mentioned it came out in July of mm-hmm. 2000. 
So this is literally like just a few months after I graduated high school. I do remember seeing it. I can't tell you exactly who I saw it with in the theater, but I do remember it because I would have been of age. I was 18 back then Mm -hmm. too. So I do remember it. And I remember laughing my ass off, mainly because I was familiar with a lot of these people. Some of them were like new to me, Anna Ferris, Regina Hall, people like that. But I knew who Lachlan Monroe was. I knew who the Waynes were. You know, I knew who Carmen Electra was, stuff like that. Rick DeComen. Mm-hmm. I knew a bunch of these people. So once again, the comedy at the time period was right up my alley. Dude, yeah. Okay. So this came out in July 2000. I would have turned 13 in June 2000. Dude, perfect. Like, <laughs> this kind of comedy for a fucking 13-year-old? Mm-hmm. Like, get out of here. I've mentioned before, like, grew up in a tiny town, right? So we didn't get new movies till at least two months after they came out. So if it came out in July, we saw it new in our town in September. Yeah, dude. Hell yeah. So school just got back oh, in session. Dude. So we all went and saw this movie. That was probably talk of the town. Dude. All we did fucking for, <laughs> like, eighth grade was quote scary movie. Are you fucking kidding oh, dude, me? Dude, that would like, be fun. Hell Yeah. Especially in school. Like, this is such a quotable movie. That being said, I'm surprised how much of it I'd actually forgotten. Because I'd say out of all the scary movies, the ones that I've seen the most are probably number two and three. Gotcha. Yeah. Number two. So this is the film I watched the most. Like, watching it triggered memories that I had assumptions about going into it. Like, I didn't remember that I saw the first one in theaters till I saw a couple scenes. And then I was like, oh, no, shit, I saw that in the theater. I thought I'd start seeing them in the theaters until number two. I thought I caught this one on video. Yeah, I mean, it's we're talking 2000 here. Mm -hmm. But, like I said, a few different certain scenes came around, and I was like, oh, no, shit, I remember exactly where I was sitting when I saw this. Strangely enough, scary movie. I think (laughs) this has nothing to do with the quality of the movie, has nothing to do with what goes on in the movie, (laughs) but I think was the first movie I ever ended up using the fucking restroom at our local movie theater. It's a memory. I was 13. I had been going to the movies by myself since I was like five. young, yeah. But I literally lived two blocks away from the fucking theater. Yeah, so not a big deal. So like I'd piss before I go to the fucking theater, you know, movies. Yeah. Or I'd just hold it so that I didn't have to, you know, miss any of the movie. And then I'm two blocks from home. (laughs) Right, exactly. I don't remember what the case was, but this was the movie where I finally had to break that streak. And even though I'd been going to that fucking building for so eight funny. years, it was the first time I saw the inside of that fucking restroom. That's pretty interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's a long time. Eight years going to the same place and you finally see the restroom for the first time because of this film. <laughs> and, you know, and it wasn't of because film, of the film. But, but I'm just saying, coincidentally, it was during this film. It was also like... I was 13. Yeah. I'm fucking growing. I'm eating and drinking everything. Oh, yeah. Bladder's different. And so I probably downed like two fucking large Cokes just during the fucking opening (laughs) of that movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. Especially because I was also a fat boy then. Like, give me that shit. You're like, no, you were were excited. This movie is changing things for (laughs) 13 year old Tyler. Mm hmm. Like I said, it was weird memories that this shit brought up. Like, oh, Yeah. yeah, I did go see it. Huh. But. I also took a piss during it. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, like I said, it's been so long for me. Even at 18, it's hard to remember. Like I said, who, who I even was with. I'm almost certain I was probably with Ashley, my sister, that is, and probably a few of our friends, but I can't remember exactly who. Mm-hmm. But 
like I said, there were certain scenes that do trigger a, a couple, like, oh, yeah, I definitely saw that in the theater. I remember that. So that was kind of, like, my history as well. Realizing I didn't remember it that well, I went in, obviously not, like, blank, but with, you know, a clear enough mind that I could sit there and just, like, look for things, and I was really, really hoping that somebody on set would have slipped even more horror Easter eggs into this, uh, yeah. and I was a little bit disappointed with that. Still kind of just a straight-ahead spoof. Yeah, exactly. I mean... Although I can understand why one of the Zuckers took this over. Yeah. This is kind of like a Zucker flick. You're right. And that's a fucking... That's a compliment. Like, I love those fucking Zucker flicks, so... But you're right. It has those kind of beats. Mm-hmm. You know? It's fun. Yeah, I mean, the two films that is spoofing, mainly, Scream, and I Know What You Did Last Summer, two films we've reviewed... One, coincidentally, is kind of a commentary on the horror genre as a whole. Slashers would scream. That was, okay. I'm curious what your thought is on this. When I was reading around on some things online on Scary Movie, just to sort of try to figure out what the fuck I was going to talk about, because I don't want to sit here and explain jokes the entire time. It seems like a lot of people sort of have the opinion that, like, whether or not they like the movie coming out of it, they'd at least go into it feeling kind of jaded, like, what's the point of this? Like, why are you parodying a parody? But is Scream a parody? I don't think Scream's a parody. I wouldn't call Scream a parody. And it's no. definitely not a spoof. And no, I consider a spoof and a parody slightly different as well. So Exactly, exactly. But no, I, I wouldn't consider Scream a parody. Like I said, I think it's more just a commentary as a whole. It's self-aware. The genre. Yeah. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, hello, Jamie Kennedy. <laughs> and it's a horror comedy. It is. But I don't know if it's a parody. I wouldn't call it a parody. This is a parody. Oh, without a doubt. <laughs> but it's a spoof, which is its own thing. Parody tends to run a gamut for me, and the best parodies, in my opinion, tend to also be what they are parodying. This doesn't even attempt to be a horror movie. No. The only horror, I'm doing air quotes here, is more to do with Ghostface Killer. But even that, it's his comedy. Here's the thing, though. Upon rewatching, there's a decent whodunit. Yeah. They give you all the clues to actually figure out who the killer is. You're right. If you're you paying attention that. to details, they make sure the details line up. Even if continuity is broke <laughs> on other things. Right. This is the spoiler section, but spoilers, Doofy's the fucking killer. I know. It's so Everything awesome. actually, like, fits. Exactly. They do a good job of that, like you were saying. This really is a whodunit. That's the biggest thing that I had forgotten about this movie. You could have held a fucking gun <laughs> in my head, and I would have told you it was the two boys that were the killers, just like in Scream. Yeah, Ray and Bobby. I would not have been able to pull out of my ass that it turned out that Doofy was the killer. I had completely forgotten that, and I enjoyed every second of fucking having that re-revealed to me. Yeah, I was like, yes, dude. <laughs> yeah. And especially, especially because it only makes fucking spoof movie logic sense that <laughs> even though she grew up fucking babysitting him he manages as an adult to be leading this secret double life where he's actually not special officer Dewey <laughs> yeah he's good man it's like damn he played everybody that's so good that was impressive yeah I liked being able to have that reveal again it is clever thank you marijuana <laughs> <laughs> I do remember how it ends. I was just trying to remember how it leads to the end. Mm. That was the part I couldn't remember. Yeah, because 
<laughs> there's some scenes I like so definitely it triggered my memories for the ads for it and then it definitely triggered like oh yeah I remember watching it sitting in the theater laughing at this part or whatever mm-hmm. so yeah like I said a lot of those memories do start coming back like I can't tell you the last time I watched this all the way through it's been a while so I guess what were some of the highlights of this flick for you as silly as this sounds was when Anna Ferris and Rick DeComen when you know mm-hmm. as the <laughs> the father and and daughter, when he's telling her, he got in a little over his head. He's in a lot of debt. And he was oh explaining to her how to step on cocaine. <laughs> that was one of my first notes. Is like, I love this fucking send up of like, because it is, like, a, it's a fuck? good, it's a parody of some of these character building moments oh, though, that we have in these other flicks. Where you need to make that quick emotional connection to these characters because at least one of them's going to die by the end of it. Yeah. It's, you know, in any of these other flicks. Right. And so that way you care. And that way there's stakes later when they're in danger and shit. But this, oh, you love that story. The muffin's coming out of the nose, don't you? (laughs) That would have went over my head back then when I was 18. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't remember that. But when they started doing that, I'm like, holy shit, this is hilarious. And then, of course, the cameo was probably my is, next is that your Is that your next note? That's my next note, Because that's also my next note, is like, the Dawson. Yes, that's what I wrote now. Like. <laughs> oh, shit. The Dawson. Yeah. The Dawson. The Dawson. <laughs> I don't want to wait. He's like, oh. I like, yes. James Vanderbeek. Another line is a silly line. I thought it was funny. It's kind of a throwaway line. It's the scene where... The three girls are going to school. Yeah. And there's a homeless guy. Oh, shit. <laughs> and she gives him a sandwich. Can't you just, he's just, he's just hungry. He's like, I said a dollar, bitch. <laughs> okay. I, like, oh, I, I have God. a note about that scene, but it's not about the homeless guy because that's our first, like, good introduction into Shannon Elizabeth. It is. Yeah. First off, it would have come out the year before, like, is the fact that they were talking about animal testing and fucking monkeys oh. in that same scene a reference to Jane Bob? Uh, possibly. It's interesting that they would use that. Right? Maybe more than a coincidence. But I also just got to wonder, like, do you happen to know if she's ever talked about her career in that time period? Because... <sighs> Not that I'm aware of. I mean, she may have, but I don't know. Because I was just thinking back, like... Man, that must have been weird because she was like one of the sex symbols in cinema at oh, the time. Oh, man. Right after American Pie, that pretty much sealed the deal. And I think like, I mean, because she's used pretty much almost primarily for eye candy in this movie. But this movie, this script, like she knew what she was oh, signing yeah. on for. But like, I have to imagine during this time period, like she probably actually wasn't having that fun of a time. I can imagine that that yeah. business being fucking scummy towards her. For this already being too. viewed in that way. You know what I mean? Yeah, very scuzzy. Ugh. I feel like you have to know this script, what you're signing on for. Right. right? Like, well, I, I, I don't feel it. too bad about this movie, but I feel like there must have been shit going on just in her life at that time, being yeah. in this business. And that's, that's why I was curious if she's ever talked about it. Uh, like, that's a good point, man. I don't know. But I would imagine there's a possibility that she may have. I don't know. I mean, American Pie was what, the year before this? Yeah. It literally was. Saw that in theaters. I did too. It's <laughs> like, all right. And I was suddenly like, I need to see everything Shannon Elizabeth said. This was the next one. Yeah, I don't know. I just sort of got to wondering about it, though. because No, that brings up a good point because of what you already mentioned. 
And like legit, she was most famous for getting her top off in American Pie. Yeah. It had to have been really disgusting to be her at some times during this time period. Yeah, I can imagine so. But, you know, who's to say? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I have no idea what she has to say, but, but yeah, that's a good point, though. Oh, <laughs> here's here's other. I was like, God damn. It is such a solid, but it's also a social commentary, but it's funny the way they do this. They're already spoofing at this point, or at least bringing up the I know what you did last summer. You know, they've already played all that stuff out. But it was, I think, when Cindy first gets attacked or gets, you know, okay. whatever, and she gets on her computer. Do you remember what she types? Oh, shit. Uh, white woman in trouble. <laughs> How fast did the cops show up? I was like, holy shit. <laughs> How about fucking the spoof of the Scream news reporters showing up? This is black news television oh, yeah. or whatever. <laughs> I Some love that. people been killed. We're getting the fuck out We're of here. We're getting the fuck out of here. I love that. I love they put that in there. This is how you know it's like Wayne's style comedy. Because mm-hmm. they're not shy to kind of go into that kind of territory. Land those jokes. They don't necessarily focus on it unless. No, they don't. But <laughs> I mean, you could argue that "Don't Be a Menace" is kind of a focus on it. I certainly agree with that. Yeah, because uh, hello. <laughs> so uh, the news bit, in retrospect, is also kind of smart because we got Sherry O'Terry, and she's like, "So far, one teenager's been killed," <laughs> and then yeah, she, she fucking stabs the kid and adds it. Just adds that. Two. <laughs> but she is working with the killer. True. Absolutely. So, two have been killed by the killing duo. It's accurate, and she's not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a really good gag that actually makes sense. It follows the story. Oh, here's something I don't think a lot of people, if you weren't born or of a certain age during this time period, this joke would not have landed. It was the, what's up? Uh, what's up? <laughs> that was for whatever, I mean, I know why, because that's Budweiser campaign for it, but that was huge. Yeah. Well, this just it injected all new life into it. <laughs> it did, because it's a bunch of stoners. And it was kind of funny. What you doing? Chilling. Killing. Killing. <laughs> hey, you're right, Cindy. Maybe we should call the police. <laughs> so we already know some of this shit, some of these jokes aren't going to fly these days. For decently good reasons. <laughs> yeah. But is Ray secretly being gay dragged out long enough for it to not even be offensive anymore and just, that's just fucking straight up comedy at this point, right? Like, I think so. I think so. It's so funny. Like man. maybe that first scene, <laughs> you might want to maybe How about change, change that a little bit these days. Yeah. But the way they keep playing it, I think it still works. I think so. Like you said, at the end of the day, it's still comedy. That's the whole point. Mm-hmm. You know, they were leaning into stereotypes of sorts as well, but it's comedy. It's like mm-hmm. you have to realize that it's like it's meant to be absurd the way they're doing it. <laughs> when uh, when Shorty rolls up in the car, all the smoke fucking billowing out, <laughs> yeah. Chief and Chong style. That was great. But when he's like, oh, I'm glad you didn't need the jumper cable because I forgot my Roche clip. So he's using the fucking jumper cable as a Roche clip. Do you remember back in the day before using fucking crutches? Yeah. Like, what the fuck is that bullshit? No, people did use Roche clips. Like, I just so, realized it's been so long since I needed a Roche clip yeah, because I all of my J's have fucking crutches now. Oh, yeah. Likewise. Whether I'm fucking rolling them myself, whether most time I'm buying them because I roll for shit. But I mean, I understand that. I was going to say... Back in the day, 
Man, it was sloppy. It was like sloppy shit. Yeah. Blunts, J's, whatever. Yeah. Different time period. But yeah, I can't tell you the last time I had to use one. It's been that long. It's <laughs> been a long time. Yeah. It's been a long a roach time. clip. Yeah, it's been a hot minute. <laughs> I know what my next note is. Yeah, what do you got? <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. I think we even joked about this, but he says, uh, <laughs> I said, don't disturb me when I'm cleaning my room. <laughs> He's carrying around the vacuum cleaner because the joke was already set up at the precinct. Mm-hmm. He's like, Mom said you're supposed to. And she's like, Yeah, Mom also said you're not supposed to. Your dick in the vacuum cleaner. And it came back around. Oh, even uh, this is a major spoiler if you've never seen this, but through the film credits, if you stick around to the end, there is a scene with him with his vacuum cleaner and he's trying to break it off with the vacuum cleaner. Oh, shit. <laughs> he's like, All right, one last time. <laughs> It's so funny, but yeah, they still play that out. The funny thing is, that was his cover for when he was making the call. See, that's the jokes that land that if you're not paying attention to that, you just take it as he's sticking his dick in the vacuum cleaner. <laughs> but it's the call ends when they call Dewey. All that stuff lines up. Mm-hmm. You're right. They do pay really good attention to detail and wrapping all this stuff around. So uh, <laughs> Cindy down at the police station with the sheriff... It was basically just like proto Tinder, right? Oh, that, that shit was so funny. He says, "I want this one." The way no. he prefaced it first, he's like, "I need you to take a look at a few of these and yeah. tell me what you think." <laughs> I'm giving you your honest opinion or some shit. No, 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 no. She like, I think take she, a look at this one again. No, no. <laughs> All right, had to try. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was like, that's so funny, man. One of my next notes, which probably wouldn't land today, and there'd be some outcry over it, I think, is the locker room scene where Cindy talks to Miss Man. Yeah, man. Also, the Miss Man thing is crazy, <laughs> crazy convoluted that that's just a chick the entire time anyway. Exactly. But holy shit. Also, like, <laughs> I don't know anything about her career, but like. Me either. At least during that time period, I'm kind of guessing roids. Dude, she was super jacked. It wouldn't surprise me. And, like, I've seen women that get super jacked. But, no, this is a different and level. And she like, looked different. Like, just saying. everything, like, her body shape had looked different. <laughs> yeah, that's not. And maybe, maybe that's just her. I don't know. Possibly. I don't know. I don't know her career. I don't know her. <laughs> right. But... but. I'm like, mmm, that looks like steroids. Those look like balls. <laughs> so I've been trying to say. <laughs> but uh, you're probably not wrong, but I don't know. I don't. I really don't know. But yeah, Ooh, so man. a female bodybuilder playing. <laughs> now, okay, so here's the thing, because. It's a stereotype. The, well, the thing is, like, it's a stereotype, but realistically, <laughs> like. Miss Man isn't supposed to be trans. No. Miss Man is supposed to be a creep <laughs> pretending to be a chick to spy on them in the fucking locker rooms and uh, get access oh to their panties God. if they leave them behind. <laughs> the, <laughs> the way Cindy walked in there, she's there for the panties. <laughs> I was like, this fucking film, there's no way if they try to release it today, people would be up in arms over this shit. But <laughs> that was funny. Then you get the guy up there on the roof. <laughs> you know, that was good. <laughs> what are you waiting for? <laughs> what am I waiting for? 
So, I mean, all these, these you know jokes what? are setting themselves up. This isn't a horror movie, but it had one moment where I was like, nope, fuck that. I'm good. Just because I can think of just <laughs> too easily how it would feel. And when fucking Shannon Elizabeth breaks her leg. Oh, God. Yeah, dude. Nope. No, fuck that's that. still that. Fuck that moment. Good on her because she nailed it. Yeah, <laughs> it's like oh, shit. that scene was funny as balls. I love her fucking just like the yeah, oh, ghost just, face, just being like I, I guess yeah, uh, yeah, <laughs> that was if you're good. Going to do it all for me now. You're just getting annoying. That was one of the scenes though that I was like, yeah, I do remember seeing this in the theater. Like her going for it, like just over the top, mm-hmm. playing into it. <laughs> I was like, damn, that was good. Okay, so. I had this question written down in my notes, and I wasn't quite sure to when to bring it up. At least one of the things I'm about to bring up. But I feel like to make some of these jokes, it's probably that some of the writers, either the Wayans or Johnson or Bowman, I've seen the Friedberg Seltzer films. I don't <laughs> trust their writing ability, and I think I can probably point to some of the jokes that they had a hand in in this fucking movie. But I feel like those other four writers probably at least came up with the jokes because they're tired of something that they see in horror movies or they think it's fucking stupid. (laughs) Does anything from this movie stand out to you being like, I think they threw in this joke because they don't like it. I don't know. I haven't thought about that in that sense. Could you give me an example? Perhaps. (laughs) Well, the thing that made me start thinking along those lines was the cat scare followed up by the horse scare. Mm. Because we've talked about how fucking stupid the cat scare is. And you don't think to follow it up with a fucking horse scare in a garage unless you also think it is fucking stupid. You know, that's a good point. I didn't think about it that way. But you're right, because we've brought that up with the cat numerous times. And it's like, you don't stop it. (laughs) Yeah, just fucking stop it. We get it already. Yeah, when you follow that up with a horse, though, (laughs) like both it's absurd and I dig it. But I think that's a solid point. Like, this is stupid. I'm going to show you why. But yeah, that's, it's, you know, it's fucking, it's shining a light on like, solid. Point. look, this joke works because this is fucking stupid. Stop right. doing it. And Stop it, fucking doing it. It's There's awareness. modern movies that keep fucking doing it. Stop fucking doing it. Stop. Yeah. We get it already. <laughs> fucking the Wayans brothers tried to tell you this was stupid in 2000. Dang, dude. Stop fucking doing it. And they were probably writing about it before then, too. At least talking about it. Right? That's how it starts. (laughs) The other thing that I would point out that I feel like somebody in the writing staff thought was stupid, because otherwise I don't think they would have leaned into it so hard. I do realize it was definitely like a trope from this time period of movies, but I don't think they would have leaned so hard into Bobby pressuring Anna or Cindy. Uh, Yeah. yeah, Anna Ferris's character, yeah. Yeah, for sex so hard. Unless somebody on that writing staff wasn't just fucking fed up with these asshole boyfriend characters. Yeah. After a while, it it does become a stereotype of some sort because it gets played up so much. You know, there's a slew of films that we could mention that play into that. But you're right. After a while, it's like this fucking dumb. Stop doing it. Mm -hmm. You know, we get it. (laughs) And just break up with him. Yeah. It's like, what the fuck are you doing? But they do put a little twist on that. Yeah. (laughs) Which is funny. Which has an interesting payoff as well. What's my name? What's my name, bitch? What's my name? Like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. That's funny, man, because that's one of those scenes. No puns, but it does stick. <laughs> you know what I mean? 
It's like, oh, yeah, I definitely remember this and laughing out loud. And mm-hmm. Remember the theater, yeah. It was getting towards that end bit, too, when we started running into scenes where I was like, oh, shit, I did see this in the theater. Like, I distinctly remember being in the theater for, like, the 70s Bush. Yep. And the glory hole of apparent death. <laughs> yeah. Because I, st- I remember sitting there in the theater being like, what the fuck did I just see with, like, a hundred other people? Yeah. <laughs> like, damn, Sean, chill, bro. <laughs> but it's funny. That was actually what I was about to lean into because they were playing on Regina Hall, her character, Brenda, being the annoying black woman at the theater. Mm-hmm. And they're leaning real hard into that. And it's funny. <laughs> I think it's funny because she plays into it really good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was laughing a lot. I was like, damn, they did this really good. And even then, like, you know, if you're looking at the, the tropes, <laughs> Ghostface, the killer, didn't have to do anything. He just sat back and enjoyed the show. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, they were even spoofing some of that stuff. But I was like, that's kind of interesting, man. And there's a lot of these things. For the time period, it lands socially, you know, all that stuff. I was kind of jealous of the fucking aquarium party bong. <laughs> I know, dude. What the fuck? That was some funny they stuff. They would have been fucking ripped. Yeah, as I said, the, the freestyle session was pretty cool. I like that. One of the fucking songs on the soundtrack uses Ghostface's verse in it. Mm, one of the dope. songs that they start playing over the credits, I was just like, the first one that they play over the credits, I don't even remember what the fuck it was. Or the second one? No, because the second one is uh, Bloodhound Gang. Yeah, you're right. Anyway, I was sitting there and like I was listening to the lyrics and I was like, wait, what the fuck? That was what <laughs> Ghostface said. Hell yeah. Okay, I see you. I, we see you. <laughs> it's awesome, man. Yeah, there's another scene, too. There's the Matrix parody. Oh, yeah. yeah I mean, that was kind of a big deal back then, too, of them yeah. kind of doing that shit. The I See Dead People, they threw that in a little bit. It's like, okay, that was relative to the time period. I feel like a lot of things towards the end feel rushed. A little bit, And yeah. a lot more... Most of the things that stray outside of jokes about Scream or about I Know What You Did Last Summer, or I would say that the fucking come to the ceiling is a reference (laughs) to Friday the 13th. Yeah. I mean, that plays into the slasher motif and stuff. Right. I feel like any of those other references, even the Sixth Sense one, feels more like uh, Friedberg and Seltzer. Ooh, I think you might be right. That does fit a little bit of their motif. Mm-hmm. I feel like the more action-y type non-sequitur comedy that starts to come up towards a, point, a lot more in that last act feels a lot more like them. What I'm wondering, too... And, like, although I will say maybe my least favorite thing does kind of also feel like a Zucker moment, which makes me kind of sad. Like, so you can't, but, you can't win them all. Because I think my least favorite thing is the fucking levitated... Riverdance. Uh, yeah, I wasn't a fan of that. It's silly. It doesn't really fit. But I, I can also it see I mean, it happening in fucking Top Secret. Uh, <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah, I mean, it's not something we haven't seen before, right? I mean, I think we even talked about the character. We didn't talk about the film, per se. But Winona Ryder, oh, mm-hmm. her character, Lydia, getting up and doing the dancing, it's a little bit of that. It is a little bit of that, isn't it? A little bit. I still didn't like it. As I'm saying, likewise. I didn't think it really fit. Yeah, I still didn't like it. Yeah, but that's, you know, like I said, that's just kind of a, a minor thing. But you're right, I didn't really like that either. I, one thing I thought was really interesting, too, was, like I said, another one of the cultural things, 
she was kind of making like a little joke at herself too because of the scene she's in and the people mm-hmm. they talk about. But what I'm getting at is the jokes they are making in reference to Dennis Rodman, Shaq and Kazam, Prince out there <laughs> at the pool. <laughs> like, well, the Rodman's especially funny with Carmen Electra being That's what this. I'm getting at. Like, But, I, I mean, we could show this to some of these kids we work with and they'd laugh at half of the jokes, but they wouldn't catch that shit. That's what I'm saying. So some of this stuff is relative mm-hmm. to the time period. And if you were socially aware of like some of the pop cultural references, and we've already mentioned, you know, you were 13, I was already 18. Mm-hmm. We were familiar with a bunch of this shit. <laughs> so it landed with us, you know. But I thought it was interesting because like it's interesting seeing a film all these years later after the fact and seeing if it still kind of holds up. I mean, some of these jokes do, some of them a little dated. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't call it my favorite part of the movie, but I do feel like there's one bit of this movie that is just fucking brilliant. Just as a joke, as like sort of a weird meta moment, and it's the fucking on-site reporter for the the ghost face killing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty funny. I fucking, I just love that. Like, oh, did you know that, you know, you're out here, you're probably going to get killed. (laughs) It's funny, yeah. She's like, ah, my boyfriend is, like, gone for 10 minutes. I don't know where he's at. (laughs) She just get yanked out of the car. Did you think that he's probably off dead already? <laughs> oh, no, I hadn't even thought of that. <laughs> I think another part of that within that, that scene that had me kind of like, oh, shit, this is hilarious, is the girl, while she's getting stabbed, is asking Gail for help. He's <laughs> reporting. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit, that's hilarious. I'm going to try to get in the bloodshed here. What What are you feeling right now? Pain? <laughs> Lots of pain? <laughs> That leads to the Blair Witch parody. Once yeah, again, which, if you haven't I'm seen on record, it, fuck Blair Witch. Yeah, I mean, all these years later, I will say this: if and when it, we ever get around to it, that film had like an interesting pop culture, like everything rippled. Yeah, it was crazy. But and talk about making fucking all the money on a low budget. Gosh, yeah. Like so, that's a whole different discussion. But mm-hmm. it's interesting though because that's one of those things again. It had such a huge success, not only in the theater, but like in pop culture. Here it is. Everything was fucking referencing Blair Witch. Crazy, dude. Yeah. This is just one of the ripples. Exactly. 2000. (laughs) So there you go. But I just think things like that are interesting because we did grow up in this time period. So we're still aware of all that shit. I feel like the nose drip is the easy way to go, though. I think the better version of that joke would it have instead been to parody just seeing the guy in the corner at the end? I think that would have been better. And could then have it been turns a, out like he's taking a piss. Could have been Kenny or whoever that dude was, the camera yeah. guy. <laughs> or, I'm sorry, Miss Guy was jerking off. <laughs> or, or it's fucking Ray and Bobby. Oh, my God. And, it's, and when he turns, you couldn't see him because he was right in front, but it was Bobby giving him head. That would be fucking hilarious. <laughs> he's like, whoa, whoa, wait. You were the one who sucked my. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's stuff like that. But, man, I'm so happy that this one spawned the second one. Because mm. I've already mentioned that's probably my favorite one in the series. It doesn't hurt that I've seen that one the most. But this one is pretty good. Like, Lachlan Monroe's character is over the fucking top. Yeah. It's just over the top. But he kind of plays those characters, which is good. And even... His line talks about when uh, Anna Ferris is like, I wonder who they'll get to play us. <laughs> that was pretty fucking great. Some late 20s, early 30s. 
I was surprised at how well the plots of Scream and I know what you did last summer, actually, you could push them together. Well, I don't think it's too much of a coincidence because it's the same writer, Kevin Williamson. Well, yeah. So, yeah. But you're right. Like, it fits well. <laughs> it wasn't any dumber. No. <laughs> no, I agree. I agree. Like, I didn't feel like it was a stretch for this kind of movie. It fit the time period, the whole teen-centric. Or for that kind of movie. Right. Not this kind of movie. No, 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 but no, 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 but... I know what you're saying, though, with that. I mean, hello. It melts well. I would watch that movie. I, yeah. We've watched both of those Kevin, movies. you listen to it? <laughs> hey, Kevin, just, yeah, seriously, just mash them together, and you'll probably make $200 million oh, right. on a fucking 25 budget. Hey, I was so, just saying, if you're hurting, I don't think you are. But if you are. <laughs> got a 25 budget, you'll make 200 I'll take half a percent. Damn. Right? <sighs> One can dream. One can dream. <laughs> Just we'll just write our own sequel to Scary Movie. It couldn't be any worse than the last couple. Yeah, the dick joke. I did want to say that was fucking silly as shit. <laughs> that was so fucking funny. But like one of those things. I yeah, I remember that. I definitely mm. remember that scene because mm-hmm. it stands out. Shannon Elizabeth in the theater. Oh yeah, yeah. I was like, that's pretty decent. It's mm-hmm. not bad. So little stuff like that. Just little moments. You already mentioned her snapping her leg and shit. Like, <laughs> goddamn. <laughs> yeah. I'm good. Yeah. So all around, like, so without always talking about these jokes, because that's, I mean, that's the whole premise, really. There's all these jokes, but still a story. We already mentioned that, too. Love the doofy character. It's a play on David Arquette's character, which is great. I like the usual suspects. The usual, walk off. Yeah. <laughs> I, it felt weird, but I dug it. Yeah. I was like, if it's, you know, they hit Cindy at the end, but all of them come back. He was smoky. Yeah. He's got all the ingredients. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> Shot me in the lung. <laughs> yeah. Get hit this. It is great. That shit's so funny, man. But they played into all that stuff. Even though, yeah, it's silly. I still like all that slapstick kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. They did a good job, man. I like this film a lot. I don't think I have much else on this, though. No. Not that I can think of. Likewise. Well, go see it if you haven't. It's fucking hilarious. <laughs> we do know what we're doing next, don't we? Yes, we do. <laughs> You've already watched it once. <laughs> I have. I'm excited to uh, talk about it soon. So next time will be Friday the 13th. A nightmare. No, Nightmare. It's okay. It's okay. I do that too. <laughs> Fucking stone. Nightmare on Elm Street, part three, The Dream Warriors. That's it. Yeah. Hell yeah. I was like, no. What did you say earlier today? I almost fucked up. You said something else. You said dream. Oh, I did say something different. I can't remember. Shit. I know, we're stoned. <laughs> but I did, I said something different. These I was like, sugar oh. cookies got, yeah, yeah, these sugar cookies got me going right now. Or maybe it's just the fact that I just <laughs> blew through two cannons back to back. Yeah, boy. So, yeah, Nightmare, not Friday the 13th. That <laughs> We do need to get back to that franchise, though. We will. Nightmare on Elm Street, part three, Dream Warriors. We're just skipping number two for now. We'll get back to it. That's we'll its own it. conversation. Oh, wow, yes, it is. Maybe one that we should be having technically during this month since it's Pride, but... (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it doesn't always coincide, but you know. Whatever. But for this time, I'm Tyler. I'm Danny. Fried Squirms, out. Hi, everybody. Tyler here. If you like the podcast, please hit subscribe however you're listening to us right now. Also, if you could rate and review us however you're listening to us, or preferably over on Apple Podcasts, that'd be super cool as the entire world is ran on algorithms and we want to be all up in them. 
Uh, we highly appreciate it whenever you tell all your friends about us. If you have any suggestions, comments, questions, want us to put eyes on your current independent horror project, you can always contact us, squirmcast at gmail.com, or you can contact us through our website, www.friedsquirms.com. Uh, scroll through our entire back catalog there, or click the links up at the top, as we are part of the Earverm Podcast Network, uh, and would love it if you went and checked out some of our sister shows. Uh, the easiest way to keep track of things across the entire network is to go over to that website. That's earverm.com, E-A-R-V-V-Y-R-M.com. Uh, you can search for us across all the social medias. If you type in Fried Squirms, we should be what pops up. I'm not going to give you all those ats. So with all of that in mind, we'd love to hear from you. Until next time, peace. <laughs>